and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Coming Attractions, brought to you by and all about, sponsored by and for you, the vast listening audience of the historic Linwood Theater. That's us. I'm Kevin. I'm your host. There's your intro. Welcome to the show. Let's get right to the battle plan, shall we? Because today, a day early... <laughs> Coming attractions, today is Monday, November the 20th. And today, last chance to see Priscilla, 425 and 645. That's it, because tomorrow on Tuesday, November the 21st, guess who's coming to town? Not Santa. Napoleon makes his dramatic entrance as a premiere, special premiere, on Tuesday. We very, 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 we didn't even do an advanced preview on a Tuesday for Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon. But for Napoleon, okay, here we go. It's the Thanksgiving weekend, and let's see what we got. Tuesday, November 21st, Napoleon will play at 3.30 and 6.45. Now, one note on that. Tonight, or tomorrow night, excuse me, we will not show the open caption version of the debut premiere on Tuesday. We will show it the following Tuesday in open caption format. So for you uh, seniors that have become uh, accustomed to seeing the subtitles up there, we just have to wait a week. I apologize up front, but that was a studio decision and probably the correct one from a sheer numbers standpoint. Wednesday, the 22nd, Napoleon at 3.30 and 6.45. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Three big shows for your viewing pleasure at 12.15, 3.30 and 6.45. That's the same schedule on Sunday. Three shows on a Friday, whoa, at 12.15, 3.30 and 6.45. And uh, don't forget that Saturday is also the Apple Cup. That plays at 1 o'clock. So you've got uh, a football game and three opportunities to see Napoleon Bonaparte. Sunday is the same time frames, 12.15, 3.30, and 6.45. And then heading into next week, all week, Napoleon plays at 3.30 and 6.45. And don't forget, Tuesday will be, the 28th, will be an open-captioned version. All right, as the uh, above strategy indicates, tonight is your last night to see Priscilla. The soundtrack alone is worth the price of admission, despite the dearth of original Elvis material, whose licensing was famously denied by the catalog's owners for use with this film. Evidently, anything that casts the, even the darkest of lights on the mythology of the king is taboo and not allowed. However close to historical fact, they may be those dark lights casting. <laughs> For the vocalists among you out there, both amateur and professional, <clears throat> I have mentioned several times in the exit polls that Dolly Parton's nailing the refrain to I will always love you and the closing scene of, uh, as our heroine is driving emotionally out of the gates of great Graceland and into the future is a terrific piece of cinematic artistry because endings, as we know, are necessary for new beginnings. So they might as well be rung for all the drama they contain. Okay then, from the emotionally sentimental and female perspective of Priscilla Presley to the outsized male egocentric bravado of Napoleon Bonaparte, we go. <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> Although everyone from Graceland to Waterloo knows the story's outline, the detailed narrative has always been the Hollywood screenwriter's secret weapon. I will provide a synopsis for your briefing. 
A two-hour and 38-minute epic large-format blockbuster inspection of the legendary military commander's origins and his swift, ruthless, and spectacular climb to become emperor. As viewed through the focused lens of his addictive relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. I am thinking that in the capable hands of Sir Ridley Scott, these themes of love and war, as diametrically opposed as they might be, will be thoroughly explored and perhaps exploited for our big screen. But first, a few interesting details. Napoleon had custom-made for himself over 120 versions of his infamous bicorn headpiece, with only 16 remaining to this very day in known existence. Most of them are in museums. A recent auction fetched a $2.1 million bounty for one. $2.1 million for Napoleon's war cap, which he wore all the time, and had uh, his suitors and his tailors and his aides have a different one ready for every occasion. He had 16 of them ready throughout every day to be placed in a proper place upon his head, be it in the battlefield or the bedroom. Uh, and in case you're wondering, uh, the reason why he wore his hat the way he did was to make sure that his soldiers on the battlefield and his enemies immediately recognized who the boss was on the said field of play. Okay, so he wanted to stand out and make sure the signals he was sending in were understood as authentic and coming from the commander, general, emperor. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's some ego for you. I wonder if his enemies picked up on that and figured that whoever wore that silly hat was easy prey for the uh, crosshairs of their sniper rebels, which were only effective at close range. Okay, so they probably knew. Napoleon was exiled to Elba, and he died at St. Helens, neither of which were his Waterloo. He stood five foot six, a slightly less than average height for Western Europeans at the time, although his preferred headwear made him appear taller, or at least more ominous. His six big battles were against Lord Nelson in Trafalgar, the Battle of the Pyramids and Cairo, Battle of the Nile, spent a lot of time in Egypt, Battle of Toulouse, the Battle of Jena, which was in Germany and Austria, and of course Waterloo, his rare L in the WL column. But it was the end of a 23-year war, also at the hands of Duke Wellington and company. I think the major question simply here is, how awesome will Sir Scott's rendition of those six battles be? Really, because everything else is just past history, or some say prologue. I, for one, am anxious to see his modern take on the bloody carnage of the titular Napoleonic era. Or could this be a love story? You're just going to have to come out and check it out. Starting Tuesday, 3.30 and 6.45. Finally, a big honk and thanks to the Joel Gibson Jr. Band, who let to join up on Friday night with a seriously tight blend of country, country rock, classic guitar, home cooking. Yeehaw! It was so much fun to see all the folks dancing in the aisles. I wish we had a dance floor. A removable dance floor, like the roof of uh, the Mariner's Field. I mean, Lumen Field now? Okay. Our next big event will be on December 16th when we hold our family-friendly holiday hootenanny and sing-along, which sounds like a ton of fun here at the Historic Limit Theater, especially should that program include I Will Always Love You or Waterloo Sunset.
Tickets are currently on sale on our website, farawayentertainment.com. Scroll down to the HLT or call me here at any time, 206-451-4336, and I'll walk you through it. Finally, please make your early plans to see the boys in the boat. The premiere will be on Christmas Day. We've already begun the festivities and marketing and promotions for this one with the local celebrities in the Bainbridge Rowing community. So this will be fun, as well as the Apple Cup on Saturday. So I know you husky dogs, and even if you're a cougar, or a duck, or a beeve, come on out and see Napoleon. It'll show you what leadership is all about. That's it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us at the Historic Limit Theater Podcast. I'm Kevin. I've been your host. Always a pleasure. Today is Monday. It's November the 20th. Tomorrow night, Napoleon comes to town. No one Ciao. Down.